week 10 of the dream preview with the wise guy roundtable to my left the vig maddie holt to my right he's on today on today steve fezzik i'm rj bell veterans day recording want to give a shout out to the veterans and we really very much I can speak for the entire pregame team. Appreciate the service. Maddie Holt, a veteran, four years in the Air Force. Do you get any special treatment from the wife on Veterans Day? No, probably not. Do you ever go down to VFW and have a few beers? No. Is there VFWs in Vegas? You know what's interesting is all the military people that I know and, you know, my uncles and um, one of my uh, employees that's been with me for years through different companies, his brother who I know, it's amazing how the how I don't I don't, I don't know if humble's the right word or how little military people talk about their time in the military. Yeah, I, I mean, especially that served overseas. I think the uh, or in combat. I think the exception though, the Vietnam vets, is there was a, I mean, there's still, but certainly was an extreme amount of resentment from a lot of the vets with, you know, obviously the reception when they got home. And uh, to me, that's a real shame, you know, because the last thing anyone in the service had, you know, especially if you were drafted, had yeah. any say in was where they're going to go fight. So, you know, it's hard to imagine how it's right to blame them. You know, obviously, soldiers that committed war crimes or whatever, yeah, they, you know, whatever the laws are, they should be enforced. But otherwise, and again, that'd be a tiny percentage Right, people say, "Oh, the Milai massacre or whatever," but that's a tiny percentage. And otherwise, they served their country. And it was, you know, a lot of the Vietnam people got messed up. I mean, you know, it seems. I mean, in fact, I know people who's, you know, someone very close to me, their father just came back from Nam, never the same. And and you know, it caused them a lot of problems, obviously. But did you were in the service during what years? Uh, 1995 to 99. So was there any sense, like, were there many guys you encountered that were in Vietnam? I, I did meet some of the guys that were in Vietnam. Um, obviously, it, and again, they, none of them really wanted to talk about yeah. it. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what battle or what, you know, type of international issue you deal with. People tend not to talk about it after. Like, I was uh, part of a team that went over to Kosovo during, uh, I mean, over to Aviano, Italy during the Kosovo incident. And it was just... People just don't talk about it after. It's just not, it's a weird thing, right? Yeah. And and it's one of those things that's sensitive to everyone that's in the military when the military gets political, when, when political environment starts talking about the military, because at the end of the day, none of the, none, literally none of the freedoms that exist in this country would exist if nobody ever fought for this country. No doubt. And if you think about it, though, that's been a change that the electorate has embraced is for a long time. You had, you know, if you were going to run for president, you served. I mean, yes. the whole George W. Bush and the reserves, you know, I mean, a lot of it was, hey, you know, you want to, you know, you want to win high office, you got to serve. And now, I mean, I'm not sure if Jimmy Carter served in the, but I mean, there was a long time that was the case. And, you know, Dwight Eisenhower obviously won the presidency eight years, but then it just wasn't right. And it like today, it almost seems like it'd be. Like, I guess it's because of the draft. You know, when there's a draft, you know, to some degree, everyone serves, meaning there's people can get deferments or whatever. But, uh, one, you know, the idea of someone who could become president entering the military by choice, 
it, it, it's not impossible, but it's like it's not the. It's usually Harvard. Yeah, you know the path. Pete Buttigieg was a. Yeah, that's a good point. A veteran. That's a good point, and I think it's you know, it served him well. I mean, he did yeah. much better, and rightfully so. I mean, again, it's a, you know, you last thing I'll say, and then I want to give a quick shout out, but the. I'm a huge fan of NYPD Blue. Like you couldn't be a bigger fan. And I think it's like the one show pre-peak TV, you know, pre-Sopranos that, you know, it's not the Soprano, but I think it could be the fifth, sixth best show of all time. But Sipowitz, you know, was a, a Vietnam vet. And at one point there was an episode actually directed by David Simon, the guy who did The Wire, directed in NYPD Blue. And it was a lot like The Wire. It's a great episode. But there was a guy who was a big mouth that was talking about he was a Vietnam vet and he was, you know, he was at this battle and that battle. And Sipowitz says, he's wrong. There was no third, you know, he said something, I'm with the third brigade or what? He goes, no, there was no, um, you know, third, you know, he said it earlier in the show, not to the guy, but to his partner. And then at the end, everyone's drinking at the bar and that guy's yapping again. And Sipowitz said, we're going to go outside. They, they walked in, we're ready to fight. And he goes, Oh, I'm just BS and Sipowitz. And Sipowitz just went, not about Nom. And he said it like three times like that. It was like, I think he's a great actor. But I mean, it was like, a, you, again, that, you know, to some degree, and I'm old enough to remember the glory of the soldiers. Like now where everyone, you know, thank you for your service. I mean, after Vietnam, I mean, through the 80s, there was really no, I mean, you saw a lot of the, you know, a lot of talk about MIA, you know, the idea that there were people left over there and, you know, there was a lot of disgruntled people wearing army jackets. Like, that was kind of the uniform of the, you know, kind of the uh, Midwestern hippie, I think, was the army jacket because it was like disaffected. It was like rejecting in a way, you know, wanting to be on the side of those that's been rejected in a way. And with the Gulf War, I think, you know, we dominated in 92 so much, right, that it's hard. You know, I think everyone celebrated. That was, a, you know, again, in Kuwait and all that. But it wasn't until after 9-11 where it just became a phenomenon, I think. I mean, but you, but Lord, you, I mean, did you feel in 97, 98 the appreciation that, that and I'm no. not saying, yeah. It, and I think it's awesome that we've evolved that and, way. And it's amazing to me that everyone that I served with in the military, no one ever talked about politics. We just knew that we were there to serve our country. And um, a lot of people felt an obligation. And it's amazing that uh, the military and the people that enlist, they cross uh, every single race barrier, every single ethnic barrier they could. And people united around a common theme, um, we're here to serve our country and I just, I, 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 not that I wish there was a draft. I just think it's a really good maturation and developmental thing for people to go through four years of the military. Yeah, like in Greece, I don't, I don't know if it's still the case, but in Greece, there's like a, a mandatory one year. You know, like the, you know, so kind of the, um, yeah. And and I love the fact that the vets, the, the veterans, the, those that serve are getting the acclaim and the appreciation now, but there was a long time. It just wasn't the case. It wasn't the case when I was there. Yeah. I remember being in tech school in Biloxi, Mississippi, and you'd go to bars, and there were some bars that didn't want military people. <laughs> wow. And obviously it's much different now, but, uh, um, yeah, you know, it, you know, it is what it is. Well, my uh, grandfather passed away about two years ago, and he was 95, but he 
uh, was in a Normandy invasion. And uh, one, I said this on SOV today, but it bears repeating, is, you know, last 15 years or so, let's say from 80 to 95, I would say his greatest joy was he had a World War II hat. And it had like Normandy, I mean, it had, you know, and anywhere he went, it was like, geez, there's a guy, it was at Normandy. And he would get the acclaim. I mean, it was like, I mean, I've walked around, I mean, this, you know, multiple times with Colin Cowherd at casinos or whatever. It was like that. Like people would come up to him every five or six steps. And it has, you know, which we kind of like was with Colin about, you know, every 10 steps, someone saying hi. And he would just be like pointing his finger at him. He didn't have any idea who they And he loved it. And like in Ohio, it gets to be like 10 degrees during Christmas. He would not take it off. He was wearing a hat, like a ball cap. It was a ball cap, right? And we got him a toboggan. You know, no one knows what a toboggan is. We got him uh, whatever they call, people call, where I grew up, they call it a toboggan. But a wool, like a wool cap that covers your ears, you know, like the, for the winter, right? If you go skiing or whatever you yep. wear. Well, that's what people were at, you know, in the Midwest wear, whatever they call it. I got him a World War II toboggan. He wouldn't wear it. He still wanted that hat. <laughs> so he loved it. We hit it from him one time. He was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we also have, uh, you know, a, a, um, a double vet. I don't know how to call it. Sleepy Jay, who did a, a stint in the Marines and I think two stints or at least one in the Army. That's unusual, huh? Yeah, it is to switch services. But yeah. a lot of times it's about jobs. You want a particular job and thus you switch. Um, you, know, you switch what, where you go based on the job that's available. I went into the Air Force to be an air traffic controller. Yeah, that's a wild job, man. And, and that's what you did, right? Yeah, at the time there was only two options. You could go to this one tech school in Minnesota or you could go through the military. So your plan was you were going to do that for a career after the service? Yes. And then in the service, I realized I didn't want to be an air traffic controller. To me, the great thing about the service, and I, you know, Eisenhower warned, warned about the military industrial complex, that it would become a self-fulfilling cycle of you spend money, create jobs, but then, and it sounds good, except in a way, if, if, the if it's not necessary, the money could be better spent to produce more jobs elsewhere. And, and that's the thing, how much is necessary? I, I want us to be super strong. I hate waste, right? If I hear about a billion dollar plane that never got off the ground, I'm like, you know, Halliburton might've done pretty well there. I don't know, but boy, I want our boys to have what they need. But uh, I love, if someone grows up, you know, isn't inclined to college, technical schools, eh, goes to the service and learns something, comes out, the rest of their lives benefit from that. I mean, my dad was in the Navy for six years during Vietnam, and uh, he was on the USS Independence, and he was became a machinist. I mean, he came in not knowing any or not knowing nothing, no, not knowing anything, and he left a machinist, and he worked at it for 30-plus years. So, I mean, to me, that's a wonderful thing. Yep. So, Sleepy, let's give him a little, you know, appreciation. You call him Sleepy Jay. I call him Daddy. There you go. All right, let's do it, Fez. Wait, we'll do our little Ric Flair here. I like our best bets this week. Ugh. Ugh. Not a good week this week. I guess you go into the last game. Line was, what, nine and a half, and we were laying seven? Yep. It was the wrong side, though. I'll tell you that. No doubt. Belichick. Showtime! Woo!
Best bet, Cleveland Browns minus three against Houston. I love the way this game sets up for the Browns. So the Browns haven't played for two weeks. They're coming off their bye. Two weeks ago, they're at home, 40-mile-an-hour wins. It was nasty on the lake against the Raiders, and the Browns weren't good. They weren't good offensively. But now they get not as bad conditions, but similar conditions. It's forecasted in Cleveland to be 20 to 25-mile-an-hour wins. So a unique situation that you get a bad weather event that duplicates itself in the same stadium. I think that's a major advantage for Cleveland playing against a dome team Houston that likes to throw the ball, and it's obviously going to be difficult throwing the ball. Now, when both teams are running the ball, I think the Browns, a couple nice things setting up here. Chubb, I didn't think Chubb was going to make much of a, of a impact because Kareem Hunt's a good back. RJ, you warned me, and you said, uh, I think this could well make a difference. And well, no, I, mean, di- I just haven't seen Hunt be like the feature back for an extended period. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's kind of small framed, isn't he? Yes, yes. I mean, you know, how many hits can you take? Yeah, and so now with Chubb coming back, and also not only is Chubb coming back, but in Game 5, Cleveland's best lineman, Teller, went down. He's Teller's supposed to be back as well, so you get back likely your best lineman, you get back your best running back in 25-mile-an-hour wins, and then if you look at Houston when they're running the ball – David Johnson got concussed last week, so he's unlikely to play. So Cleveland's going to be better in the running game. Houston's likely to be worse. The conditions should favor the Browns, who just played in this crappy, windy weather in their last game. Love Cleveland, minus three. Are you, like, working out or taking vitamins or anything? Because I, when you said uh, the Chubb is coming back, I, I mean, why? what's what's that? Why? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what do you think of this game? I, I like the Cleveland side a lot here, and and for all the reasons Steve said. But not only that, but they get their best defensive lineman, Miles Garrett, back, and that's going to cause some havoc uh, on a Houston team that's going to be one dimensional, trying to throw the ball in the wind. I, I not only do I like Cleveland here, I think Cleveland's going to get some margin. Three is the line, so in a way. With where are we at with home field? I'm seeing the math, the real math guys saying 0.75 is what the math says. I think 1.25. What do you think, Fez? One to one and a half. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Mackenzie, maybe you can look at this. Um, I think at this point, the road teams have outgained, or I'm sorry, not check that, have outscored the home teams. On the season. I think it's by like three points. Hmm. Check on that, Mackenzie. Yeah, I'm looking at the road teams have a negative point zero one straight up margin so for the, road, the season. The road teams are negative point zero, so they've been outscored. Yes, just barely, yeah. Okay. You know, why don't you do this? Go into the um, super sheet and just sort by away and sort by home and sum that whole column. All right. The, the margin column, huh? Yep, I'm on it. All right. Browns rushing before and after the Chubb injury, 204 rushing yards per game with Chubb, which is always better. Without Chubb, always worse, 96 yards rushing per game, Fez. That kind of (laughs) matters. Yes. Uh, More than a 50% um, reduction in production. Reduction in production. It sounds like something from the electric company like, like Sesame Street. All right. I like it too. Let me ask you this question. Why is it, considering the three-point line, the Browns are only slightly better is what we're saying. The Browns are slightly better than the Texans. 
Who? What's your power rating say, Fence? I've got the Browns two points better. At what point are we going to say the Texans aren't good? That's right. At what I mean, point how many, are we going to? How many wins do they have? Two. Two? So, like, Steelers have won that many in, like, the eight days they've won. <laughs> yes. So, like, why do we still think they're good? <sighs> Might be holding on to some of the stats. And listen, I liked Houston entering the year. I was, I was wrong. Yeah, 18th in, by football outsiders, YPP plus .1. So, you know, strength of schedule is still, you know, a strong strength of schedule. I thought we were done with YPP. Hmm. What? <laughs> I mean, it's you like... never be done with YPP. <laughs> I guess we could all just quote DVOA no, like or... every other organization ever. Or we can talk about newer things like expected points added. And, you know, I, I'm digging in, so I'm not ready to kind of make the case yet. I know that there's a lot of stuff. I, it just seems like there has to be some grading of at minimum, you need to throw out garbage time. At minimum, you got to throw out garbage time. And I think you brought up a good point. Is Houston, I think we're at the point where this is a team that's used to contending, and they know. They know they're not well, going say, to the they, they have a substitute teacher. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're going to say, hey, we better play hard. Cornell is going to get mad. Mm-hmm. Wake him up. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. At what point do they start thinking about the draft choice? Right. With two wins, if they don't, if they repeat, if they go four and 12, where are they going to get the fifth choice? Well, that's what they want because the quarterbacks are going to go early. So they're going to get there and they don't need one. So they're going to get the cream of the crop, whether it be an offensive lineman or defensive lineman. Or they trade for someone that wants that North Dakota State kid or North Dakota kid. I mean, who knows, right? It's a yeah. great, it's, it's a good draft to have picks. Yeah. All right. Road teams. In 2020, have been outscored by one point in 133 games. Wowza. Hmm. All right. Anything else? All right. Best bet number one Cleveland Browns minus three, Steve Fezzik. Maddie Holt. I'm going with the LA Rams. Uh, one and a half against the Seattle Seahawks. Rams off the desperate buy here. They really needed the rest after traveling more miles. What's a desperate buy? Well, I think they desperately needed oh, okay. the buy. Yeah, yeah. They had traveled more miles than any team in the NFL this year. Now they get the buy. What's really interesting about this team is everyone's you know looks at looks back at how Jared Goff has performed in his recent games, and while that hasn't been good, this defense is really strong. Number two in opponents' points per game. Number two in opponents' yards. Number three in the league in opponents' points per play. Number one in YPP, but I guess that doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, Number two in opponents' touchdowns per game. This defense is really good. I expect it to be really good off the bye. And I'll tell you that I think that, uh, well, early in the year, we all agreed that Russell Wilson was the MVP. He went all the way as high as minus 300. Russell Wilson hasn't been so great lately. And the one thing we could say about Russell Wilson lately that has been consistent is he's turning the football over. Seven interceptions in his last five games, two in his last game, four. I mean, three again the, uh, the loss at the Arizona Cardinals. He, he's only had one game in his last six where he didn't throw an interception. That was the San Francisco 49ers game as they were decimated with injuries. 
Russell Wilson, because this team has to throw the football. Again, Chris Carson's hurt. Uh, Their backup running back, Carlos Hyde, is hurt. They're on that third string running back. And because they have to throw it so much, teams are preparing for that. Anytime a team knows what you're going to do in opposing defense, they can prepare for it better. And I think part of the reason they're turning the ball over is the injuries to the running back and, and thus Russell Wilson having to press so much. I think that could spell doom here against the, uh, the L.A. Rams defense, which might be the best in the league. I like the Rams to get it done at home. Wow, might be the best in the league. All right, so the Rams, I've been digging into some power ratings. I'm uh, dusting off Jeff Sagarin, and he's actually got some interesting stuff. One thing I'm going to talk about in a little bit is he has a trend line, which says, what's your season number and what's your number recently? And that delta is, a, is kind of a, a real good kind of uh, velocity number. I think who's going up, who's going down. Um, surprising, actually, some of these up teams. Um, but he has a power or a strength of schedule number. And let's take a gander here. The Rams to date. Now, Sagarin. So, Fez, where do you have the Rams on your power rankings? Number seven. What do you think of this game? You like this? Oh, I really like the Rams. Okay, yes. so hold on a second. So I know you like the Rams generally, and I figured you'd like them here. All right, so Sagarin has the Rams, like, number 14. That sounds right to me. I'm not a big fan of this team, but their strength of schedule is 25 right now. So, okay. All right. Go ahead, give us your handicap. So, Maddie talked about the travel fatigue of the Rams, the four trips to the East Coast. I can make the case that no team needed a buy more than these Rams because of that excessive travel. Further, that last loss they had in Miami, that was one of the strangest games you'll ever see. Jesus, you're crazy. Really? Go ahead. (laughs) Well, just that Miami got 28 points against that Ram defense with uh, drives, two return touchdowns, a one-yard drive, and a 33-yard drive. So Rams won the first downs 31-8, to but somehow lost that game. Rams obviously— But that would assume they're somehow underrated. Yes. The fact is that this line is saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, which can't you can't do, Rams are one and a half, so that means these are even teams. I actually have the Rams half a point better. Okay, but let's not act like I know you're irrational about your love of the Rams, but what I'm saying is what does that Buffalo game matter, or I'm sorry, what does that Miami game matter unless it's somehow mispricing them. They seem to be getting a lot of respect here. The average fans looking at this line saying Seattle's a lot better. Yes. So they, they don't have any reason to make this line anymore. Even if they thought the Rams were a point better, two points better, why, why would they do it? They're going to get enough public action on Seattle here anyway, getting the points at all. Yes. So my question to you is, you're not just commenting on games randomly. You think that there's a reason it matters how strange that game was. What is the reason? Well, I think it's it it sets the Rams up nicely to perform super well here because Why? because they they lose a game they know they should have won they have to fly they're off, off a bye anyway they and they're fly. playing Seattle do you really think they won't off a bye against Seattle they're not going to play hard no the games are relevant to that if anything it probably shakes your confidence but Seattle's going through a similar travel situation now to what the Rams went through go all the way across the country to play the Dolphins come all the way back home to play the Vikings go all the way back to play the Cardinals come all the way go all the way back across the country to play the Bills come all the way back this week to play the Rams 
Seattle's had a pretty rough travel uh, schedule the last six weeks. I think it's catching up with them, and Russell Wilson's turning the football over a lot. That doesn't bode well against this L.A. Rams defense. I think you brought up a great point with the backup running backs because D.J. Dallas is the four-string running back that's been the feature back here for Seattle, and he's played pretty well. But the continuity and such you would expect may well hurt some passing protection, may well hurt some of the communication, may lead to more turnovers having that four-string running back. Yeah, and, and I think the, the I've heard this from a couple people, the idea of him pressing, Russell Wilson needing to press. No, I hear you. I hear you. I, yeah, I think I, I just don't understand what this line should be because if you're betting it at one and a half, you're saying the line should be three. I mean, it has to be, right? I think it's two and a half, three. Would you bet this at two and a half yes. if the line's one and a half? Yeah. I'm hoping I to hit the two? No, no, I would bet. No, I would bet it at Rams two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is. I would is, bet Rams three even. Okay. So you think it should be like 2.75? Yeah. What do you think, Fred? Yeah, I think 2.75 is a good number. You were going to say game. three, though, until he said 2.75. I was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying, I, listen, I don't like Seattle. And I'm going to look, and I said this on the uh, SOV, I'm going to look to fade whoever wins this game. Who knows? All right, my best bet, the San Francisco 49ers. Like Warren Buffett, like, like to find cigar stubs metaphorically in the street and get one last good puff out, get that, get that thing going. The 49ers... They're at their low point. And this is a concept I think we got to start maybe changing our terminology a little bit is the idea of saying buy low, sell high. That's a great way to think about it. Fez, we were talking about this game before the show, and I said how much – and by the way, the line, 49ers plus nine. Do you nine. think that still works in the NFL? I'm just curious because we everyone's been trying that with the Patriots, buy low, buy low, and it just keeps getting lower and lower and – I think sometimes that you haven't found the bottom. I mean, if you could always know when it was low, yeah, that's it, right. it'd be unbeatable, right? I mean, but I would say this. I've had, and maybe I've had too good experience, meaning T-O-O good experience, because, Fez, you've seen it here. I've had many games in which I'm like, this is crazy. The line's adjusted too much. They win the In fact, the last game like this was the 49ers getting three at home against the Rams, right? That, and that game went to three and a half at a certain point. To me, it was like this was crazy. The week before, it would have been it was a six point swing. Remember, what would this line have been? Saints 49ers a couple weeks ago. Now I know we got to take out for the injuries, but Faz, I mean, we per, you said that you had the 49ers at plus two after the Patriots win. Yeah, plus two against an average team. So just a little worse than where I had New Orleans at the time. Just we, a little bit. Patriots are like an three average weeks team? ago, or were we saying they were? No, no, I'm saying his rating on the 49ers was after that Patriots game that they were two points better, the 49ers, than an average NFL team. So plus two in his power ratings. And you're saying Col or uh, Saints were like plus two and a half or three? Yes. All right, so the line would have been about two in that game, two and a half. Yeah, now nine and a half. Now, well, nine, yeah. yeah. So now how much is Jimmy G worth? Two. I don't know if that's true, but that's the high. I agree. All right. How much is Kittle? One. That's three. Now what? Running backs. Except uh, apparently we're the top here. eight defensive players on the team. But, but they out. were, but they but were out. out. They were out in that game, right? Like there's new ones too. The list is so long of injuries for San Fran. It's hard to keep up. I just think I got a good coach. I know that much. That I don't no disagreement. And 
is a team that got embarrassed on national TV against Green Bay, and now they got 10 days off, right? Extra, ripped by the media. Ripped by the media, by yeah. the physics of the world. You know, and that's that's one of the um, – I love that situation to play a primetime game and you get absolutely embarrassed, and then you got to hear about it on the airwaves. I mean, I think that's strong. So, Mackenzie, was there any other injuries? Did any of the injuries happen during the Green Bay game? No, the only update is that Debo Samuel is still questionable. He did not practice today. Okay, so this is interesting. The look-ahead line, San Fran. Now, this was last week. San Fran was plus six and a half. So in that time, well, I mean, there's a couple of things that happened here, right? New Orleans killed the Bucks. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe the biggest <laughs> uh, beat down of the year. So we have... Literally nothing injury-wise has changed, and we're moving three and a half points? Well, the injuries have actually improved. For oh, I'm, I'm, but Well, I guess it was expected that they were going to get all their wide yeah, receivers back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is the most you want to – I mean, how much did you upgrade Tampa for that win? Let's see, one point. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Check that. New Orleans for that win. I, I'm sorry. One and a half. It was one. Okay. Yeah. So, and San Fran got downgraded how much? Seconds. It's interesting because I, I incorporated them getting their wide receivers back. Okay. So, so it, I think by all accounts, it, this would be my point. This line could be a good line, but it can't – the Saints can't be the right side. They might win. Agree. I mean, it's hard to say this line should be 10 or 11. This is buying low, and it's selling the Saints high because – and we'll wait for the Saints – I mean, I guess this is the Saints game – Maddie, you got to answer for noodle arm. Noodle arm's doing all right, buddy. Yeah. Don't act all like you don't weren't against Breeze, like no one's business. I just said I don't think he could throw the football down the field, and what? he's still not throwing the football down the field. But why does it matter? Number three now in QBR. This guy is a phenom. I guess he doesn't have to. That's what I'm, he's sure. a phenom. And but he used to be able to. So uh, kudos to him for changing. And me. Well, I mean, kudos to him as the guy who actually did it and his coach, Sean Payton, for saying Drew Brees can't throw the ball 30 yards on a dime anymore. How do we still make the team just as effective with different play calling and schemes? And they've done it. So kudos to both of them. I mean, I think, I mean, Bruce Arians to me got out coached and, and, you know, that was a big part of it. I don't think that, I mean, again, I think Sean Payton out coaches, you know, all but five coaches in the league probably. Pretty much every week he would, and I think you got to put Shanahan as one of the five that that won't get out coached necessarily, maybe, but not necessarily. I like, I mean, to me, this is my bread and butter. These kind of games, I, you, sometimes you're going to get embarrassed, but it's actually, I think, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, Matt, because we've never talked about it. I think you got to be willing to bet a game that looks re- makes you look ridiculous. Oh, of course. Because if you do avoid those games, you avoid a lot of value. Sure. Man. I mean, there's a 30% chance in this game that the Saints win by 30 or 20-something. Yeah, well, yeah, some. But, though, in general, the Saints are, except last week, not a margin team, right? Except when they played both games against Tampa. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Fred? Uh, just that the New Orleans had got both their wide receivers back last week in that marquee game. And, you know, they were workmanlike. But I don't know if Michael Thomas and Sanders are, are back at 100% yet. Well, so it's, it's good. Remember, they didn't have much time in camp. So now with a long break. And 
supposedly with Michael Thomas, there's some real internal issues. Yes. Where they, they want to trade him. Yeah. Do we, not. I mean, we can say allegedly, do we know what it is? Well, he punched a teammate. That's not allegedly. Yeah, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that's not like it's kind of weird to make punching a teammate with a helmet on. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying it seems like they get fights in practice all the time, right? Yeah, but it doesn't go over well nowadays. It used to be, hey, go ahead and fight, and and I think that used to be encouraged in practice, get it out of your system and fight hard. But it's not anymore. The rumor I, or maybe it's been reported. Well, I mean, it would have been reported. I just don't know if it's true. Is that the the cornerback he was scuffling with was saying things like, uh, you know, like mocking him that you can't go deep, like go short, go short, you know. And I mean, I don't know. It's well, that's the whole Saints passing game. Yeah. Go short, go short. It set him off, though. I'll tell you that much. All right. So now, what do we got left? The repeat: Fez on the Browns, Maddie Holt on the Rams, and the the, the best bet of the three, I think, 49ers plus. Nine. We've got multiple double likes. Double likes. And let's just start there. I mean, these guys are in in sync this week. We talked about it. Tampa Bay. And they're favored by... And this game's in Carolina. And it's Tampa by five and a half. Faz, what do you got? You you like the Panthers? Go. I do like the Panthers. And I like what I saw against Kansas City with the Panthers as far as... Not just the effort level, but the creativity, the innovation. So the game starts out, Carolina wins the toss, and every single coach now defers. And Carolina's like, you know what? We'll take the ball. We're going to send a message to Kansas City. They go down and score. Second drive, fake punt. Sets up another score. So not playing conservative, not playing to stay in the game, playing to win against the Chiefs. And then I love what I saw from Teddy Bridgewater at the end of the game, putting his body at risk, scrambling for first downs, team down nine driving, cut the lead to two. So across the board, here's a Carolina team. Remember that we were concerned with all the transitions, all the new players, Bridgewater coming in, Rule and his coaching staff. They lose their first two games against the spread. Since then, they've uh, gone five and two. So a team I want to be backing, I like Carolina. Carolina Panthers with McCaffrey 0-3, without McCaffrey 3-3. and Hmm. No McCaffrey this week. That's right. So that means we want to play him. Is that wh- wh- why not? He got re-injured. Shoulder injury. Yeah, shoulder yeah. injury. So in the last another game. another injury. And it could be yeah. a season season ending shoulder injury to his AC joint. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Hmm. Well, you 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 uh, like this game too, huh? Yeah, I do. Look, I mean, this team just covers spreads. Anytime they're a significant underdog, this Carolina team is overachieved. And and I love the whole Matt Rule combo with the offensive coordinator from LSU and the things that they're doing. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is just, I mean, this is a guy who we thought was a total game manager, but he is putting up some numbers here in this offense. And I, I think we have to consider the fact that if Teddy never put up these numbers anywhere, that some of it has to be the coaching and the offensive scheme here. And Mike Davis, when McCaffrey's out, has is, is basically been McCaffrey light. He's done the same thing, catch the football, run the football. A uh, lot to like here about the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I definitely want to back that side. And, oh, by the way, they already – this is a rematch game for them. So, I mean, they're going to be looking to get some revenge from an earlier loss. So we're, we're running into the second of two division matchups. Maddie, do you have some general tips? What do you tend to look for in those games? 
any wise guy experience you were, were from behind the counter, you learned anything about the second matchup? A lot of times you look for the team if they get blown out in that first division matchup, especially to come back and, and make it a much closer game. I think it's a great point because think about that was week two, and that was a game that Carolina was catching seven and a half, and it was a seven-point game, two minutes to go. Tampa was just running out the clock, and Fournette broke a 50-yard run. So somewhat of a phony cover for Tampa Bay to get that cover week two. I think that was one of the five or six, um, you know, most fortunate covers of the year. Yeah. I mean, you just don't see that. that I mean, what's the, the odds are over 90% at that point. Yes. Right? Yeah, well over. So um, the translucent one is on this game. And as you could guess now, I should have known, Fez has the same thing. It's a triple-like officially. Let's hear. Now, again, this is the hit man. He's... Uh, um, 145 pounds. His skin is see-through. And he's five foot eleven or something. He's tall, but thin. <laughs> Fez, are, are you sucking his blood, Fez? Sucking his blood? Yeah. I don't know what that they, means. <laughs> oh, because if he's so white, yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like that's something like they say, like a young, you know, like um women who you know, like in movies or something, they are like supposed to be like 100 years old, but they look young because they're like drinking the blood of virgins ah. or something. Speaking of that, now's the time. I We got some great sound. Um, I'm not going to critique it. So Fez at various times has admitted he, let's just say you're a fan of alternative, like you're not a conventional religious person. Would you agree with that? Yes. So this is some tape and then we'll go to the hitman. This is some tape of Fez's, I don't know, it's a service maybe we'll call it, but this was from Sunday. Come forth from the abyss by these names. Call man, Fez. Just when I was listening to Jesus Christ Superstar and Judas sings Heaven on Their Minds, the man brings up some good points in that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Did you just make that up? No. What's that from? Mackenzie and I were actually texting about it. <laughs> well, that's good. But who came up with that line? Mackenzie. <laughs> I'll let you have it. Isn't it amazing <laughs> that I knew he didn't come up with that line? <laughs> You can tell that I am legit if I like something because I'm like, you came up? No, no. Uh, let's hear the hit, man. Best bet, Carolina plus five. Although the spot is pretty good for Tampa coming off an embarrassing loss, this is just too many points to give a super competitive Panthers team that barely lost to fellow top tier teams in Kansas City and New Orleans. Teddy Bridgewater remains a cover machine. Teddy's 22-5 and against the spread as an underdog in his career. Also, Bridgewater's been really good against the Blitz this season, completing 71% of his passes for 8 yards an attempt and a 104 quarterback rating. He's going to see a ton of Blitzes against Tampa as they Blitz more than any team in the entire league. I make the game 3.5, giving us value on Carolina, plus the 5. Yeah, Casey, New Orleans... Very close losses. Bridgewater as an underdog, 22 and five. Hey, now. And Bridgewater good against blitzes. Tampa is the number one blitzing team. Now, I'm going to be a little concerned about that stat 
because at least one of the things that Todd Bowles has been getting a ton of credit for is very creative blitzes that typically, you know, I kind of said this about the Colts last week, Fez. You didn't listen. Thank God I didn't put it on. Thank God I swapped out the Colts for a win, a winner, though. I actually put Carolina on for the Colts, baby. RJ, RJ. Well, when you go two and three, there's no chanting. Beat me last week. Yeah, well, I set my bar a little higher than that myself. But, I mean, that's just me. I'm just saying. But <laughs> what I thought was going on with Lamar was a typical rush defense. That's not the... That's not how you stop Lamar. I think that you got to be good against running quarterbacks. Well, maybe, and I don't know enough to know, with Tampa, it's not so much how good you are against the blitz, it's how good you are against this very specific blitz type. Hmm. But I don't know. I like the game, though. I agree with you guys. All right, next game, and we have, so looking at it, the Browns, and let's be clear because I'm not sure we were explicit about this. Fez, you had the Browns. Matt liked the Browns. So that was a double like with the best bet. And then Fez uh, or Matty had the Rams. And Fez, you liked the Rams. Okay. And now your third double like was the Panthers. And that's it for the double likes. So let's go rotation order. Steelers, Bengals. I mean, this is an easy one because of the COVID situation. So Fez, where are we at right now on, okay, they're on the contact tracing list. And odds are they're so far all of them has been able to play, but you never know how much of a ne- if they do play. If Big Ben does play, how much of a negative is it? <clears throat> the time off, the four days of mispractice. Yeah. I mean, Big Ben could be eating pork grinds. You don't know what's going. <laughs> it's a good point. I, the, I'm really not sure. I think a half Patty, a point. What do you think? I think half a point. I, I don't think it's a lot. And so far, the the situations this year where quarterbacks have missed at least two days of practice haven't been that much of a negative you're gonna bring up the stafford yeah i thought you were gonna bring up the bears one was it the bears one vikings. Oh, minnesota okay yeah, yeah, yeah. vikings <laughs> yeah it just feels like mckenzie how updated are we with the the ats and the various um covid type scenarios just an update after last week so we're a week behind on that yeah, I mean, why do that, though, right? I mean, it's just the COVID year. I, I, you want to do that as we're talking? Yes, no problem. All right. Yeah, Big Ben, he likes to chat. I wonder what the over-under for Big Ben, when he turns 50, how much is he going to weigh? <laughs> 3.30? Sometimes these players, football, lose a little weight, too. Yeah, I don't think this is the case. Yeah, I don't either. Who knows? <laughs> but this is more likely. That's a bang-bang. Well, that's where we go. Have a whole meal at one place, and then go right to another place and have another one. Bang, bang. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that this line is even up anywhere. It's up at a, f- a couple places, not many, just because, you know, you look at the exposure, and Big Ben apparently not only did he sit next to the guy with COVID on the plane, but that's the person that he was next to in the locker room as well. So, they're, I mean, this is not a trivial contract tracing. So, so contact. Yeah. So we should be looking to what? Maybe take the Bengals plus seven and a half? That's what's out there, right? Right now in the market? Yes. You might be able to get $10 down. Really? Oh, you're saying there's a line up, but there's not uh, any liquidity? Yes. Okay. So this is what I talked about. It's a good time to run through it. So this is the Jeff Sagarin trend line. So it's literally just looking at 
how good the team is on the season and then comparing it to how good the team's been recently. And he doesn't make clear what recently represents. So to some degree, that's our disadvantage, but the guy's pretty good. He's been the USA Today's guy for like 30 years. So these are the five teams or six teams or so that's trended up the most recently. Now tell me if you guys agree with this. Miami's number one, up 2.75 points. Since he's number two, up two points. Number three, the Steelers, up 1.8. Number four, the Raiders, up 1.75 or 7.4. And this is the surprise to me, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I guess they're three and one, but one and 1.4. And there you are. That's a pretty good list of teams that's been kind of surging, don't you think? Yeah, I'm almost surprised Atlanta's not even higher. I mean, they're, they're just a smidgen away from being 4-0, and their last four. Man, a 27-yard field goal, that's all it took if they were just knelt. Or a Todd Gurley. No, but the, you don't let Gurley. I, I, I agree. Geez, you brought he's up a good playing a football game. Like yes. it's a 20, Why are you trying to gain more yards from a 27-yard field goal? Jeez. All right. It's not like Bruce Aaron. You know, I was talking to Jonas about this, and it was – the craziest thing he said, I love Jonas, but sometimes, I mean, I don't know. Have you ever heard a coach critique a quarterback? Like on a throw-by-throw basis, like Bruce Arians critiques Tom Brady. By the way, this happens to be the go, but have you ever heard any quarterback do that? Or, he I'm sorry, coach. He didn't do that with Jameis last year. I don't, I, Feds, have you heard anyone do that? No, it's the most bizarre thing ever. You know, I was thinking, like, like remember Nick Saban said, oh, I hate to see my 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 um, wide receiver stud be out for the year, but he shouldn't have run that out of the end zone. And I was like, who says that? You know, it's like, and and same thing with Arians. Like, who says that about a, any quarterback, much less a Hall of Fame greatest of all time quarterback? I could see Saban, he felt guilty about. I mean, that's the thing is when these kids have these injuries, especially if they could, you look at Tua, there was a chance he wasn't going to be able to, you know, so to some degree it might be him being a little, I don't know how, how bad's the end. Is it a potential that it might like like limit him in the pros? Yeah. Well, see, yeah, it may, I mean, I'm not saying it's right to say, but it makes sense. He's going to try to assuage his guilt if he feels any of it. But I, this is what I think about Bruce Arians. The guy is not like what's he ever done? I mean, Skip Bayless, and listen, Skip Bayless is um, got his faults, but to me, he's pretty good at his job. This is just straight ridicule. <laughs> this is just disrespect. Here is just disgusting to me because I can't help asking this question: Who the hell is Bruce Arians? I ask that question because. It deserves to get asked right here today. What has he ever done to deserve this? Who is he? How many Super Bowls has he won? It's a good question. It's a good question. So I think I know what it is. Bruce Arians, he's never, he's been promoted from within one time with the Steelers, and he still got fired from the Steelers. He's been in coaching since 75, 74, and he's always gone to the next place. He always looks better from the outside this guy and the Steelers don't fire people very often. I mean, he was OC. They, I think they, he was OC when they went or he was least receivers coach when they played green Bay, I think. And they got fired. And now this guy's like critiquing Tom Brady to what end I could see if everyone critiqued their quarterback, Hey, Brady should be critiqued like anyone else. This is one of one. And you know why? Cause 
if this thing doesn't work, Bruce Arians is already laying the groundwork. Someone else is to blame. Mm. I mean, that's all. It, what else could it be? People are saying, oh, he's showing the locker room. Brady doesn't get deferential treatment. Brady's getting treated in a way that no one else is. Yeah, he's getting picked on. Well, Feds goes to the picked on. All right, here's the five teams, and then we're moving on, that downgraded the most, trending down. We're going to start from the worst. Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, but only down 2.2 points. Dallas was down 3.1. New England, down 1.4. And then a surprise, Kansas City. Down 1.1 points. And Baltimore, down 1.01. So one. And Tampa Bay next. Huh. Pretty interesting. I'm going to keep taking ganders at that. Next game. Oh, the line. Oh, how much is Big Ben worth to Mason Rudolph? Let's see. Maddie, you got an opinion? Seven. I mean, Rudolph was bad. I think it's a. I think it's probably six. six. Four and a half. Ooh. I think that's low. It's probably low. I mean, Big Ben's perked up a little bit, too, I think. I mean, you can't forget, this is a guy when the chips are down, he's a hell of a quarterback. I mean, look, a Dallas game, they could have lost that game easy. He's a clutch quarterback. And he played better banged up in that game in the second half. He's like John Wayne or something. Like, at the end in the shootest, he's like walking out, his hips aren't right, but he's tough. All right, so COVID-affected teams, four and five straight up, three and six against the spread. Uh, taking out the Titans' first game against the Bills because we think they were both affected. Oh, if you do, it's three and five and two and six. Wow. Mm. So what's the definition of a COVID team? I was going by if they had to close down their facility or if they were missing a major player like a quarterback. Okay, that's interesting. So that's a pretty good criteria. What do you think, Matty? You reevaluating? Uh, no. This is what my instincts were. I didn't know the numbers, but it felt like they were losing all the time. So Minnesota would have been one of the winners. You're telling yes. me there's only been nine instances of teams closing their faci- team facilities all year? I mean, that's what he's saying. You feel confident, McKenzie? Yeah. All right. That'd be okay. interesting if you come so, up with anything. Yeah, I'm happy to... Um... You know, if he wants to throw a hundo on that. Ooh, so what's the bat now? So you, he says it's exactly nine, any other well, number should, I win. Well, no, that's, I mean, that, I think it's, you're saying You just said, more. are you confident it's nine? We're trying yeah. to. But what I'm saying is, it's, let's make it fair bat. Is it, and I don't know if he even wants this, but if it's 10 or more, you win. Oof. Because you, if it's less, your point's even, your point's worse. You're, you're trying to say there's more, right? What are, you, what are you emailing someone to have them research it? <laughs> uh, that's a no. I mean, ba- if they close the team facility for one day, it counts, right? Because there's uh, yeah. been a lot of those well, yeah. this year. We had that one week. There was no, five, been, games been, been five games off the board. Five games off the board one week. There's been nine. That's what he said. And he, I'm, would I'm you willing bet? to wager, yes. You want to bet, McKenzie? If that is any other number than nine? No. Did you hear that yeah. what I negotiated <laughs> If it's you? ten or more, I win. Okay, I'll, I'll, take, that. I'll take that bet. And all they had to do is close the team okay. facility for one day. Let me bring up an example. And so the Chiefs had a COVID scare. They practiced in the morning, shut down their facility early, like 11 a.m. I didn't count that. Uh, well, I'm gonna. And go. did they practice the next day? Yes, they were. Yeah. That, now that's a tight call there. Mm. But we're gonna get too much of that crap for a hundred bucks. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. 
Well, do me a favor. Double back through, we'll all do. right? We'll do. Absolutely. I mean, for tomorrow. Yep. I'll tweet it. At RJ in Vegas. Next game. Oh, enough already. The Lions and Washington. Lions in a home favor by four. Matt, best bet Lions? No. What do you got? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Lions. They here. suck. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but so does in Washington. Yeah. And now with, you know, with Flipper out. You know, he had a bad injury. We should probably give Flipper a break. Yes. He's small bone too. I mean. <laughs> but are are we in the, like are we officially back in the Alex Smith starting at quarterback? Sure are. We are. And I'm not in that business. I'll tell you that. No. Much. So to me. I definitely lean Lions. Alex Smith, is, he looked so bad. Refresh my memory. Alex, so Flipper got hurt la this Sunday. Yeah. It's early so, what, so the look ahead was what? Let's take a gander at this. Because to me, that's telling you the downgrade we're getting for Alex Smith, right? What do you got, Fess? Yeah, so look ahead was for Detroit. And currently we're sitting at four and – We've got a concussed quarterback in Stafford. Well, then, then, then I like Detroit. Yeah, but Stafford got got a concussion, so we're not certain he's going to play. That's why it's off the board. That's why it's off the board. They don't care about so, Alex. So we got negatives for both teams. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Alex – but really, is Alex Smith – Is have we seen any quarterback as bad? But here's the question. Fez, who worships at the altar of closing line value and also yards, <clears throat> he threw for over 300 yards. Yes. So he, he must be good. His QBR, which we also worship, was, I think. Don't say we. Hmm, I uh, was like, I think in the low 30s. It, it wasn't that good. Um, but you don't quote QBR when you say so-and-so outgained by 130 yards. Correct. <coughs> so what's going on? Well, Alex Smith put up a lot of yards, and he turned the ball over a lot. Yep, three interceptions, and he gets sacked anytime there's any type of pressure. Yeah, I mean, I. That's the question. Oh, so Stafford was a full participant in practice. Oh, okay. All right. So what, what's the market saying? Is it up? No, there is no market. Are we sure? Last time I looked, yeah. I don't see a book in the world. I can't that understand has why it would Would we up. agree if it's if it's Lions 4, we want this? Yes. Because yes. they're assuming they're not downgrading for Alex Smith. Yes. Yes. I think we gobble that up immediately because that's not going to last. Yes. I just don't know if that's really what's going to happen. Yeah, no, perhaps not. That's why it's called a hypothetical, or it's a conditional. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Actually, they are saying that uh, Matthew Stafford's leaning probable. Yep. Mackenzie, another one. One point yeah, from McKenzie. He's on fire. You don't have anyone from you don't have anyone from Yale at your company, do you? Usintegrity.com. No, we try to avoid that kind of stuff. Smart <laughs> <laughs> man. That's a good point, right? <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty good. Who wrote that line for you? <laughs> Mackenzie, you give him that line? <laughs> All right. You know, I, let's talk a couple more games. I've got some really interesting stuff. Matt, check this out. I'm not going to go over it yet. We went through. We found a place. Um, What's the name of it? Again, it's RBSD what? RBSDM.com. Yeah. So, so, so there's some uh, analytics guys that did this. Got to give them credit for it. And they have, oh, I showed you this last week. And we went through and said, we're going to add up. And Fez, you might want to perk up here. Add up the win percentage chance. So the expected win after every play in the fourth quarter. 
and then weight it where the first five minutes of the fourth quarters, we weighted one unit. The second five minutes doubled it to two. And the final five, we doubled it again. So one, two, and four. So seven units, but it weighted towards the last five and say, what was their win percentage? And if they win the game, they get a whole unit, one unit. If they lose, they get their win percentage. Because in theory, that was it's not binary. It's not one or zero. So then we said, let's add up all the percentages and see where the differences are. So I'm going to go over this later. But what do you think of that, Fed? I like it. Oh, I mean, it seems like how do you do better? People trust that. Exp- I mean, I know it's imperfect. But, I mean, a lot of serious, serious analytics people love that thing. It's going to help the Chargers record a lot. I'm sure of that. Yeah, and I mean, and, and again, I know in those extreme cases, people realize it, but I think oftentimes they don't. Oh, okay, here we go. Actually, a team's worse than the Chargers. Atlanta? Yeah. Oh, I might as well just do this now. The three, here's the. You know what's easy is we could guess them right away, right? I mean, well, let's we all see. know the bad. Don't try to diminish my work, but go ahead. Guess. Chargers, Atlanta, correct. Now there's two more above one win that they're off by one win or more. Two more that they're off by one win or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the downside, where they they should have won more. Should have won, but didn't. Yes. Any ideas, Fess? Give me one second. Okay. Um. The third team, Cincinnati Bengals, one point mm. seven wins that they should have had extra. And the fourth team, the Giants, one win. Now, on the upside, these guys won too many. Uh-oh. Who do you think, Fez? Maddie said it was, we'll see what Maddie thinks. Uh, Chicago Bears, top five. They're number one. Mm. Two Batty ex- Holt, <laughs> Seattle. Once again, uh, two- everybody pays the vig. <laughs> <laughs> two extra wins. Uh, next one is Go one- ahead, Fez. See Seattle. if you can go. I got number one. Seattle's not there. Mm. They're point four. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Let's see here. No. They are all point Tennessee, six. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. 1.3. Yes, they're one of the top four. 1.3 extra wins. So there's two teams left. All right, I'll give them to you. 1.6 extra wins. The Pittsburgh Steelers mm. and Matty Holtz, Buffalo Bills, 1.1. So. The teams that have more one or more extra wins, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Tennessee, Atlanta, or check that, Chicago. Teams with one or more uh, few or fewer wins than they should have, one or more, Atlanta, Chargers, Cincy, Giants. Pretty interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. And then and then we're yeah, there's a couple ways to look at this. Too, because now if we were going hardcore, we would say you only get your fractional win. But I, I believe there's something about winning that you got to give them credit for. And I know that's a hybrid, but well, like Pittsburgh, you know, like like you said, you know, they're they're winning every there, game. There and, is something about Big Ben Lake. But do you feel like Pittsburgh's overrated? I mean, they play a pretty tough schedule. You know, it's funny they didn't until lately so you're right they have now but boy they i mean the big complaint going into tennessee was they had a really easy schedule yeah and then they went at tennessee and at tennessee baltimore, baltimore that's, that's cleveland nice. cleveland oh, by cleveland 30 first, yeah. no yeah. no yeah. i agree 100 percent is but i'm saying it did transition for sure but that's interesting 
you know, and then I see Cincinnati playing Pittsburgh and I got, I got one team on one side of the list and one team on the other side. You know, what's funny in Sagarin, there's Steelers are still 26th in strength of schedule. That doesn't, but, but I guess they don't have Tennessee very high in, in the, yes. Where do they have Baltimore and Cleveland? And all right. So Cleveland, where do they have their strength of schedule? Where do they have them ranked? Where do they have them ranked? I mean, okay. Don't get mad at me. I didn't. I mean, do it the, feels like a. I, I didn't do this. <laughs> this is, this is the, one of the most respected computer guys in the country. Like a line from Terminator. Hey, I didn't build the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. But um, all right. So the Browns, real quick, they've got them ex- uh, a third of a point worse than an average team. Okay, the Ravens, and they got Baltimore as six point four, six almost six and a half points better. So they're actually second. It looks like it's Kansas City first, Baltimore second. Yeah, I mean, I guess the rest of the schedule is pretty weak. Yeah. The Broncos and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Cowboys now. Yeah, strong. All right. Good stuff. Next game. So we're, we're agreeing lines at four. We would like it. Yes. Packers, Jags. I tell you, that Green Bay, man, you got to wonder about that Saints win. That Saints win looks good. And you know who else looks good? The Raiders. Yes. I mean, they dominated that Saints team. All right, this game, Packers favored by 13 and a half. Packers at home, Fez, I'm no on the, pick. I'm on the, to- on the total in this Go, game. go. So I'm, I'm under 50, and I've got several reasons why. One is obvious, one is subtle. The obvious is that the weather, 20 to 35 mile an hour winds, and I really think this could well wreak havoc with rookie Luton, who does not like to run the ball at all. He's a gunslinger, and so the fact that we're going to have a really windy day I think is really going to hurt his production. What's even more subtle— How do we rank how Luton did last week? He threw for just under 300, so he— he, Did you upgrade him? Yes, I did. How much? I have him. I thought he threw for just over 300. 304, okay. I upgraded him a point. That's just over. Brought him up a point. All right, I can accept that. Go ahead. When you look at the schedule for both these teams, and this is not scientific, this is just eyeballing it, I went through and said, you know, were they playing teams that were high-scoring, that play high-scoring games or low-scoring games? Are they over teams or under teams? And I look at Green Bay, they play twice against the Vikings, they play Detroit, Atlanta, Houston, high-scoring teams. Green Bay hasn't played one game against what I would quantify to be a low-scoring team. And I look at Jacksonville, very similar. Well, hold on a second. We can do this. Mackenzie, go into the super sheet. And just sum the um, expected, you know, the the DPA or whatever it's called, sum those for the opponents of who do you want to do it for? It's for the— For both Jacksonville and Green Bay. Does that make sense, McKenzie? All right, go ahead. And so Jacksonville, very similar. They played a bunch of high-flying teams that with no defense like Atlanta and Houston. And so I've got two teams that have biased schedules towards higher scoring— and when they when the odds makers set a total on a team, they certainly look at what the teams are averaging per year. And because of that, I think there's some inflation to, that began with this total that was started out at 53 and a half before the weather report. So I think we've got a, a number that was high because of that as well. Yeah, I think, and Maddie, maybe you can help me with your thoughts. I think that the strength of schedule by unit is something a lot that, that is still undermined. Like last year, the Patriots, when they were 8-0, it was like, yeah, but the offenses, they... Because I hear strength of schedule all the time about the team, but the idea that one side of the ball is misconstrued because, or mis-evaluated because they had such an easier, hard schedule on one side of the ball, not as commonly discussed. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, would you say 
Is that something you think about a lot? Because, I mean, I don't hear it, like, even on this show, too much. No, I probably don't have the time to deep dive as much as some people. Yeah. But I'm a big fan of Jake Luton. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about him, first of all, he's big. I like big quarterbacks this time of year when it starts to get cold to go playing cold places. 6'6", 225, big kid. And so the the head coach of Oregon State, where he came from, and, and college really is my world. Well, I may not deep dive in the NFL because the NFL is a league, isn't one of my clients. Most of, if all of the major collegiate leagues are my clients. And the Pac-12 has been a client of mine forever. And so I follow them very, very closely. Shouldn't you say a, a client of U.S. Integrity? It's client not, of U.S. Integrity, it's not sure. Me. You're part of a team yeah. over there. You're the founder, but still. Um, and so their head coach at Oregon state, Jonathan Smith has got a lot of credit for turning this program around. And in the last two years, his quarterback was Jake Luton. And this past week, their first game without Jake Luton as a four point favorite, they lost by 10 at home to Washington state and their passing game wasn't nearly as effective. And in the games they did lose, cause Luton missed a couple games to injury. They, they lost games without him. And the, I just think he's a little bit underrated as a quarterback in terms of how good he was in college because he played at Oregon State. And I think he has all the size. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets an honest look here while Gardner Minshew's dealing with that thumb injury if he doesn't become a starting quarterback next year. That was very well spoken. Um, maybe that explains what I thought was a great – but how would they have known already? He's a first-year kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I've never seen – and I've said this a few times – I've never seen – a quarterback unit be so thin as Jacksonville without bringing in competition. Like Minshew, you don't have a guy that got pretty much benched for Nick Foles last year. And I know he got put back in, you know, three, four games later, but a guy like that, the six round pick that that had just gotten benched, isn't the only one competing for the job typically, which kind of goes with the whole tanking thing. And then they won that Colts game. So they almost won last week. Luton put together a good performance, and they only lose by two. I mean, against Houston. Yeah. All right. So, you like the Jags here? No, I just I, I lean Jags. So I mean, but it seems like you got a strong. I mean, do you look to play the quarterback over in like props? Yeah, I think that there's going to be now. Obviously, weather has something to do with passing props. If the winds get too high and the weather becomes really difficult. Um, then that becomes a tough situation. But overall, I like this kid. I like that he's a big, strong kid, going to be able to deal with weather. They get plenty of rain and adverse weather up there in Oregon. He's going to be equipped to handle it. So, Fez, Maddie really likes Luton. You know, he thinks he's undervalued. He's thinking about the uh, overpassing yards, et cetera. Any reason not to – I mean, what do you see on that? Anything? Probably weather being a concern. Yeah, the weather is a concern, but obviously you just put up a three hundred, so we probably and they're a big dog. Would probably two forty five would be the number for yeah, somewhere I was around there. Two thirty four and a half, two twenty four and a half. They like to undervalue rookies on bad teams. You know, a, a thirteen and a half point spread. It's rarely wrong to play the quarterback over because mm. you, you can pick up eighty yards in the final. So it's, two it's about efficiency versus. Uh, or usage, I guess, right? Yeah. How many times are going to throw? Exactly. So if you add, Mackenzie, explain the, the math on this. For, this is Fez's analysis. Go ahead. So if you look at all the games uh, of the Packers opponents, all they've played, all the Jaguars opponents, and you look at their scoring and their points allowed versus expectation based on the total and spread, uh, the Jaguars and Packers opponents have scored 1.7 points more than expected, and they've allowed 
1.9 points more than expected. So their totals have gone over. This is their opponents by over by about four points per game. Okay. So is that that's opposite of what you thought, right? No, because it it, it it's actually favorable favorable to my point. But but the point is, if you play, oh, wait, wait, I thought. I mean, I'm trying to understand here. I thought you were saying that the to oh you like the under. Yes. Okay. So the totals you're saying that the totals are kind of inflated, or the game results are inflated because they've been playing teams that tend towards overs. Not not tending towards over, but just tend to higher scoring games. But that's so they wouldn't have to have gone over if you play Atlanta every week. Uh, you know. Okay, that's an interesting question. Yeah. So find me. So all we got to do is find the average total in the in each of the games. Yeah. All right. So the average total this year has been what about fifty? Yeah, just under it, I think. All right. Yeah. So Mackenzie, do that. Just some some the column or me, get the mean on the call the whole column. So we'll see what the league total average is now, and then just sum these two. Or I'm saying some, but I mean mean. Yeah, so these two opponents have had total, their opponents have had totals of 48.8. All right, and what's the league? Second. So that's going to be below the league. But they've gone over by 3.7. Yeah. The average total in the league has been 48.5 this year. Oh, so 0.3. See, the super sheet's super fast. Yeah, it really, really is. And, and part of this is like when I was eyeballing, there's certain teams like Minnesota you know, that but have, that's why you don't eyeball. And Tennessee, yes. That's why you don't eyeball. Yes. But you, know, you do have access to the super sheet. Yes. I know it's hard to learn to use an Excel sheet. Though. Yes. It's difficult. Matt, you know how to use Excel, don't you? Uh, Yep. Next game. So, Fez, officially you like the under. I do. Matty's given an informal lean. You know, he likes, uh, if the price is right, Luton over. Okay. This is a like from Matty Holt. Giants. Plus three and a half at home against the Eagles. I don't know what we've seen out of the Eagles, and I know they're getting their wide receivers back that make us believe they're going to go on the road and lay more than a field goal against anyone. I just don't understand this line. The offensive line is still does not block at all. And because of that, Carson Wentz hasn't handled pressure at all. And it doesn't seem to matter to me who the wide receivers are because they've gotten some back and then they get some out and, it do doesn't seem to make a big difference. It's that offensive line. What does make a big difference is Miles Sanders, and he's still hurt with a knee injury. There's no way I can lay more than a field goal on the road with a Philadelphia team who's likely to be without Miles Sanders again. I'm just going to blindly take the Giants, plus three and a half in that spot. But as you didn't take the Giants, why not? Yeah, I actually am on the other side. I like Philly. Where's oh, my well, button? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Really? You didn't give that as one of your five picks, did you? I did not because it's three and a half on the sheet. Okay. So and the line's like 3.2. Yeah, but we're using the sheet. Yeah, the right. sheet is the is, is what's you. I'd still press the green button if I could find it. So. Well, relax. You're not here like. You go. You can yeah, here one. we go. Here you go. All right. <laughs> well, hold on a second, Dan. So I like this. I like this a lot. Did you did you get some text from Vito or something? <laughs> I mean, it just seemed weird the way you did that. I've been in a, I know I've been in a cocoon here. You're taking, Every, everything this week is Fez. I mean, you're taking the bad number and you don't care. Don't care. Make your case. All right. Look at the scheduling dynamics. Philadelphia, we all know the problem. They've been so injured throughout the year. Now, if you take a look at their last two games, Philly played Thursday night, October 22nd. That was a long time ago. That was before Halloween. They beat the Giants. 
Then they got 10 days, and then the next game, they beat Dallas by 14. That's the last game they played. Then they had a bye. So they had 10 days off, and then they played a game, and then they had 14 days off, so they played one game in 24 days. That's what a team that's all banged up needs. Now, you mentioned running back Miles. Hold on. We don't have to hypothesize who's who's coming back all right so they may get miles sanders back he's really important that's possible may. maybe they get the wide they probably are going to get one of their wide receivers back in jeffrey uh defensive tackle jackson may come back and on the line well, there's a lot of maze here i know that, that's the thing they, these are all maze i figure we're going to get some of them and the o-line's been a real problem and we may get driscoll back and lane johnson's certainly going to be healthier so a lot of guys potentially coming back i know this for a team that's all banged up, they only played one get had to play one game in 24 days. That is a big buy sign for these Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it feels like you're taking something that's abstract, like the rest, and where well, you got the data, and we got no one even pro. Is anyone even probable? They're all questionable. Uh, so, Matty, would you agree that if it fall, like how many of those guys, how favorable would the injury turn has to meaning? If, if none of them play, you're going to love your pick. If all of them play, do you still like the pick? Yeah. You do, even if they all play? Okay. Yeah. Fez, what about you? What percentage you need to still like your pick? Half of them. Okay. I don't think you're going to get... Well, what's... I mean, questionable now is supposed to be what? 50-50? Yeah. And pro, they don't even have probable anymore. No. And questionable is 50-50 is the way you understand? Yeah. What do we think about... I mean, in a way, Alex Smith... I mean, are we going to really give the Giants too much credit... For beating Alex Smith? Plus five in turnovers, too. But are we going to give Philly credit for anything this season? Every time, yeah. how many times have been there, have there been sharp Philly spots and they've laid an egg? No, you're, I mean, single. you're right. And even that cover against Dallas, that fumble at midfield. Yeah. <laughs> they recovered three times. No, so that bang, you know, that Bengals loss or tie doesn't seem as bad now, but yeah, you're right. Mm. You know what's interesting? You could say if they just started this season, Philly might be considered to be the 28th worst, you know, 28th team or something. Where do you got them, Fez? 22nd. But the more I'm reading about these power rankings, the more the preseason expectations actually matter. That's right. Because whatever, I mean, that's like, it's the old Allen Boston. They've got a baseline and, and, you know, there's just this this organization. It's a great example. It's like, so like Michigan State could start in college basketball one and five, but Sparty's always going to be a tournament team, right? Yeah, or at least they're going to be better than a typical one and five team because yeah. you know what their intrinsic value is. The, 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 let's be candid. I mean, Philly has a high intrinsic value. They wasn't that long ago they won the Super Bowl. And, I mean... They were they were lined what nine Not nine nine and a half. You know, I yeah. remember another talented quarterback last year that threw as many interceptions as touchdowns, and uh, a lot of people, including me, sometimes fell for it. His name was Jameis Winston, and we talked about all the games that they were going to cover because they had so many weapons and they're supposed to be so good, but they didn't because their quarterback turned the ball over all the time. And Jameis Winston, well, guess who also it is doing that this year? Carson Wentz. 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions already, and he gets sacked every third play. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my position here. All right, so you guys have a $300 bat at what line? Plus three and a half for me. All right, Faz, you took the worst. Th so now it's over, Faz. Well, why do you really like this pick? Well, you're, not, you're not betting a six pick against him for 300 at a bad number. I, I, tell the story. Tell the, the story truth. is on my sheet. I said I like Philly. 
And I'm not gonna like not press the button if what? I put I mean, if I actually put a like. He's so all personal. I come in uh, with I come in with my notes just and yeah, I give you credit, man. I'm saying yeah. I'm giving you credit. So I'm, if I'm only gonna put just, five likes I'm and skeptical. someone disagrees with that, I'm going. At least with he it. didn't tell me it was his gut. Then I wouldn't like my spot anymore. <laughs> Once he the... gave me that they didn't play a game in three weeks, so they're gonna be sharp. I felt better. If he would have said, I'm going to my gut, I would have been like, oh, crap. <laughs> that's a good But if, if Vito was there, that's the real problem. Yeah. Okay. Next game. We only got a couple left. Next game, Raiders at home, favored by five against the Broncos. At Raiders, win looks nice, man, against New Orleans. No one's going to pick. Fez, what's your lean? Small lean to Vegas. You know, I got to think Denver is overvalued based upon the last two weeks. So what happened last week looks like a competitive loss against Atlanta. And Atlanta's a team that a lot of people are high on, but that game wasn't competitive. Atlanta was up 21 points with five minutes to play. Garbage time. The final score looked competitive when Denver never had a legitimate chance to win. The week before, Denver was got out first down 23-2 to two against the Chargers. Completely outplayed. And then the Chargers did what Chargers do and ultimately gave away the game. So there's back-to-back games, I can argue, that the scoreboard, Denver is 1-1 one and one on the scoreboard, and they look absolutely fine, but their performance was atrocious for much of both of those games. Vegas is playing very well. I could only lean to Vegas. Matty? Yeah, I don't like laying this many points in a division game. And I was wondering, and I was trying to look really quickly at what the summer line was in this game, because it seemed a smidge high, and it looks like it was two and a half. And I don't know that either of these teams is that much different from the expectation over the summer. And... Really, I think the Raiders have. You gotta think they're doing better, right? Yeah, I mean, I thought everyone, what are they up they on? One of the big, sexy over picks. No, the, they were both these teams were seven and a half. No. Seven, both these teams were lined seven and a half wins before the, during what, the summer. What have you power uh, upgraded the Raiders? I've got the Raiders half a point worse than an average team, and beginning of the year, I had them two points worse, so one and a half upgrade. Mm. I'm not. I, listen, I I do feel like the Raiders are a little expensive right now. I but, think they are. And the Broncos had a couple of real duds when they didn't have a starting quarterback. But now they're starting quarterbacks back and no excuses. And Noah Fant's healthy this week. Should be back with no, an ankle no, injury. No, Noah Fant, he might not play. He's uh, he's back on the injury He's officially report. questionable, yeah. Damn, Fez is on it today. So you're saying you've been working extra hard? You, know, you, know, you see a little difference, maybe? A little, a little bit? You know what's interesting is on Tuesday I said to myself, you know what? Do I'm it. going hard. I'm going. I'm going hard. Veterans it, Day week. Did it hurt you? Like, are you okay? <laughs> no, I kind of like. I got, I got into. The, I know, I, RJ. I know you've got those days you work 24 hours. No, but I was like, I was 20, Tuesday night. 24. I was hours. Tuesday 20, night. 20. I was updating my numbers. You know, all my quarterbacks and everything. And I was like, I was like feeling. I was like, let's. You know, don't go to sleep. Let's go in a couple more hours. Couple let's more. Keep going. Couple more. Mountain couple more Dew. orbits. Yeah. Couple more orbits to the fridge to get another Mountain Dew. And you know what happens? Do you really drink Mountain Dew? Oh, I love Mountain Dew. I, I get the <laughs> <laughs> double fisty. <laughs> double hey, hey, Matt, Matt. <coughs> oh man, I almost died on that one. Uh, oh. Tag that time. We want that his ISO camera shot. Okay, got he, it. He put up the Mountain Dews like they were. He was six shooters. Like he was just <laughs> <laughs> double fisting. I mean, it was awesome. Next stop, Vegas, please. I like our team doing well. I like Gruden. Gruden, I tell you this, all the smart people would said, 
well, he hired someone from TV. And listen, it's hard to complain about Gruen's job, I think. He's done. Yeah, I think he's done a great job. And I think the, there's been a lot of stability in the offense this year. And the defense is the one unit, I will say, has uh, massively outperformed expectations over the last month. I mean, they came into the season, weren't supposed to be very good. The they weren't very good the first few weeks. The yeah, the D. I don't think they're still good. I think he's I think game managing, though. Maybe. It's like 34 minutes. You know, Lombardi talks about this. Mackenzie, do me a favor. I've read about or heard, I can't recall, about uh, air yards for Carr, that he's actually really winging it now. Can you look at his air yards the last week or two where they rank 1 to 32? Yep. All right. Well, last, he has two speed receivers, which helps healthy. The um, Matt, all joking aside, the Den so Denver played against Atlanta, and they lost the game by seven. Their fractional win was a hundredth of a win, so effectively none. <laughs> so it goes to show you that's going to be considered a one-score game, right, obviously. And this way, it literally was like as bad as any blow. I mean, .01 is as low as it gets. I don't even know if it goes. Does it go to zero? Yep. Occasionally. Yep. Like Saints uh, the Buccaneers. The problem with some of these numbers, and we know some really good numbers guys who perform, uh, don't perform well in these contests, is that uh, there's so many variables in football. Oh, NFL I agree. has more variables than any other sport. And No, no. See, to me, I've never tried to do an algorithm, meaning like this is the you know computer tells me who to bet. Now, I think there's people that do it well, but these are like the highest people. I try to identify things I'm wondering about. I'm yeah. wondering about who, you know, like you keep hearing that Fez is always going like, well, the, 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 the one time the wind blew in the third quarter. And, the get, and it's like, well, what's the fractional win, Fez? Mm. Now we've got an answer because to some degree, this is pure math. Is every play they know, and maybe some of the numbers are off, but you know what? They're going to even out in the long run. I mean, wherever they're wrong, they're going to be, it's going to benefit a team sometimes. It's going to hurt them sometimes. And, you know, one thing is that, a lot of people pay attention to the end game in the final minute, and so people know what happened then. But over a course of a game, I thought the Raiders played rather well against the Chargers, and there was one play at the end of the half. It's tied at the half. They're going into halftime. There's eight seconds left, and instead of taking a new a knee, Gruden ran the ball. They fumbled, so they handed the Chargers three points. So they overcame that, and there's three points. It just goes into the box score. I never understood that. You're, you're letting your running back get hit. You, your line, yeah, you get, every play, your lineman can get hurt. Yeah. All right, next game. Oh, Fez has the Cardinals over the Bills. Lines one oh, and a half. What a surprise, Fez against the Bills. Yes, one and a half. Yeah, so I'm going to leave. You want to give me any more money at 30 to 1? <laughs> you want more at 30 to 1? What's I the would market? Take more. What's like the... 15. All right. I mean, so anyway. That's what it takes. Can... He needs a double <laughs> for him. Uh, yeah, I like the Cardinals. It's all about what the Cardinals hear. I think they need the game more. Look at that NFC West. You know, look look at who they're up against in a battle for with the Rams and with Seattle. If you look at Buffalo, they're cruising now to the divisional title. They're game and a half up on Miami. I don't think they take Miami all that seriously. I think the Bills know, hey, the game they needed to win was against New England, and then when they get that next win, they uh, can look back, be happy at where they stand, and it's not nearly the must-win that Arizona has in their situation. And I'm just not that impressed by the Bills in terms of that Seattle win. We talked about the 0-4 turnover differential. So Buffalo was fortunate to win that game, 
I tell you what, Arizona. No, they weren't fortunate to beat Seattle. You bring up a good point as far as it being twenty-four to seven. Yeah, but you know, but, but Seattle does win some of these games. They get behind in and come from behind. So it certainly was possible. I tell you this, Arizona. It was a confluence of unfortunate events that led to Arizona losing to Miami. So if you're watching that game, um, just uh, Arizona was slowly taking control of the game. And finally, I give two a credit. He made a spectacular spin-around move, didn't get sacked, got the game tied, and then Arizona just inexplicably failed in the fourth quarter after succeeding all game long. And some really bad play calling on the final drive. Arizona trailed by three, failed on a third and one, and then instead of fourth and one, they uh, kicked a field goal short from 48 and a half yards. So Arizona won the yardage by 130 yards, won your YPP by plus 1.3 yards, and just came up empty. So because Buffalo won and Arizona lost, I think that you get a little bit of extra value on Arizona, don't have to lay as much, and further, you get Arizona in a more motivated situation knowing that uh, they really need to win this game to remain in contention for division. I'm trying to see what the look-ahead was because I don't. So the look-ahead was two, two and a half, Yes, really? So I guess we're a point below that. So I, I guess there was some expected value drop on them, and you know the Bills kind of got back on track. Uh, so betting public, Faz, are you saying that the teams aren't taking Miami seriously? I think teams are taking Miami very seriously. They have the one of the best defenses in the league. Well, I think that Buffalo being a game and a half in front of Miami, there's eight games left. I know, but I think they can t- they can exhale and say, you know what. I, I can but lose you, this game. I, I, I still expect to win the division. N- no, NFL players don't do that. I think the way you can say it is they're fatigued mentally. They've had a lot of tough games. This might be a letdown spot. They're not, like, deliberately thinking, you know. This, what you said is better, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's just – but the other thing is fantasy. They're not saying, we got a game and a half and eight games left. Relax, everyone. They would – oh, Matty comes strong. So if you're going to throw one that wasn't on your circled list, I'm going to do the same. Why are you mad that he took a shot and went outside his best five? I'm doing one too. Bills are always on my top five, even when they're not. This is Dave Esler-esque. It's, it's the Bills. What's going on? Well, I you think do this is Dave a little Esler. bit of a look-ahead spot. To your point, you're saying the Cardinals need to win in division because they're in this tight division with these great teams. And guess who they play next week? The Seattle Seahawks, a team who they already beat once, who they're going to have to beat again if they're going to have any shot to win the NFC West. So next week is the must-win all-in game for the Arizona Cardinals. Not this week. This is the look-ahead game against the Buffalo Bills, whose offense nobody appreciates. But Josh Allen was 31 for 38 for 415 yards last week. I don't love the play calling or coaching for this Arizona Cardinals team. Talented, yes, on the offense, but on the defense, we looked at some of the quarterbacks that they faced this year. Their defense is overrated because they faced a murderer's row of bad quarterbacks. Now they're going to face a really good quarterback. I'll go ahead and take Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Where you got Josh Allen at now, Fred? Number eight. Sixth in QBR. If I didn't think the Bills were flat here, I, I think Arizona's overrated. I mean, there's just a real sense of, oh, all this Kyler Murray love. I mean, I think he's got potential, but what's he done? I mean, Baz, you got him high, I'm sure. I got him 10th. But what is he? I mean, give me the stats. He's I, 11th in QBR. He's running the ball more. He's, he's Oh, jeez. You're stealing my line now? I mean, seriously? 
I mean, that Sorry. wasn't why they had him. Where was he the week before? I, I don't track it week by week. So did you move him? Well, you don't track it week by week. What year uh, I lowered him. I lo- All you got to do is, is have it in a different Excel sheet. No, I've, I've, I've had him right around number 10. So it has nothing to do with him running the ball. How much did he run the ball before last week? I don't know. This guy. But next week's like a, the big game for them, right? I mean, they're going yeah. to Seattle next point. week. There's no doubt. This is the look-ahead spot. Yeah, but when you lose, it's, you don't want to go in that, baby, with too long. I mean, I get it. Yeah. This is what I would say. I do believe this running is important. So if you look at it, I'm just pulling up the stats here. So Kyler Murray had 11 rushes for 106 yards and only passed the ball 26 times. So think about that a second. So he's rushing. Oh, look at this. So. 91 in week one, 67, 29, 78, 31, 74, 66. So give me a mean on the first seven weeks. One second. So I, to me, the 106 doesn't convince me. It's, it's the number of attempts. I mean, 11 rushing attempts. Yeah, but he had 14 the week before. And, and remember, there was the bye the week before, so. The game before. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Where he had the 67 yards. He rushed the ball for 14 times, and he had to throw the ball like 50 times in that game. I don't think there's an equation that says when he runs, he has to throw less, or when he runs more, they're more successful. Well, it's either a run or a... Well, I see Because in the 14 rush game, which is the most rush attempts he has on the season, he threw the ball 48 times, which is also the most pass attempts on the season. But here's my thought. And I'm not sure it's right, but my thought is they went into the bye, they came out, and he's running the ball. But he ran the ball the most times before the bye. But when there were 70 plays, and you look at that and say, what percentage of the time did he run versus when it was 45 plays, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that. I I guess what I was saying was when he only threw the ball 26 times, it was like, boy, they were making a concerted effort. I mean, when you only have 37 plays and your quarterback runs the ball 11 times, you know, I guess, excuse me, I guess other people could run the ball too, but uh, that's, that's pretty, I mean, I'm not sure many, I mean, maybe Cam in week one, but there hasn't been, if you take pass attempts or rush attempts over pass attempts, that ratio there is one of the uh, highest of the year. So I don't know if we, well, they had a higher one early in the year. So the Which one three that? games Which before one that? that in the Dallas game, he ran the ball 10 times for 74 yards, and he only threw the ball 23 times that game. Okay. So maybe this is more. I mean, this has been just... happening every week, really. Okay. So, I, I, again, I'm going by, and I will defer He had on the this. most yards last week well, off obviously. those rushes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not, to me, what I, and I think this was Lombardi. Now I think about it. He was saying they came in off the bye, and to his eyes, they had a different scheme to run them. Now, I looked at the numbers and I said, well, okay, it could very well be you're right, the numbers are about the same, and he's right that the scheme has changed. I don't know. Um, And I do know a lot of those runs, he gets into a situation where he's got one defender that can stop him for no gain, a linebacker, and the linebacker can never tackle him. He's just too fast. He's too quick. He always gets past that that first defender. When you're 5'6", you better be quick. (laughs) That's true. 
I just don't know that anything's changed. So, I mean, yes, he had his best rushing yardage game. And, look, I don't break down schemes as much. I don't either. Yeah, Yeah. so, but other than that, I know that his rush attempts aren't going up. Before the bye, he rushed for 14 and 10. You made a good point there. So, Um, I mean, I I didn't like Arizona before the bye, and I don't like him now. And, I'm listen, I'm a skeptic on Arizona. I'm saying this is something I want to keep an eye on. Uh, His average rush performance was 62 yards in the first uh seven weeks eight week by he had a good one who knows it could have been one broken play you know play by plays there i'm not digging in today Hmm. next game so you guys got another bat i like it yeah and he had a 30 yard run in that game and as long the games before with more rushes in the seattle game and you know similar and the rest of them were 18 18 16 so he broke one big one and then suddenly the 66 goes to 100 and six, and he had a great rushing game, but I still think it's been the same as every game. So to recap, you believe that Murray's rushing about the same as before? Yeah. I, we, we got it, oh. bud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's like, yes. You want me to explain? <laughs> Next game. All right. Cardinals, we did the Rams, we did the Saints. Oh, my gosh. Just to get two games left. Oh, no, three games left. Ravens. Patriots, Patriots, seven-point underdogs at home. Yeah, I like the Ravens here. I don't get this line. So the look-ahead line was six and a half here. And what has happened since? Well, we're not going to downgrade the Ravens. They won by 14 at Indianapolis. And I'll say this. I I didn't like the first half at all for the Ravens, but I loved what I saw in the third quarter because Indianapolis was stuffing the Baltimore run. And Baltimore came out in the third quarter and said, you know what? We're going to pass the ball. You're taking away the run. And they threw four the first five times on, on the first drive. And their second drive, they threw three out of the first four. So absolutely went to a passing attack to take advantage or, or take what the defense was giving them with success. They drove all the way down on the first drive, turned it over, I think on a fumble, drove all the way down, scored on the second drive. So good adjustments by Baltimore. Certainly not going to downgrade them for that nice win. And then you look at New England. The Jets have been just horrendous all year long the fact that the Jets were able to score so much and be so proficient on offense and go deep even against New England I think that that's really a red flag that that obviously everyone's talking about you know Cam and the offense having their struggles but that New England defense it has not been good and if you look at that rush defense the Patriots they ranked 31st in the league football outsiders a rush defense now they're facing that Baltimore offense um, rank fifth in run. So do you like this? I do like this. This yes. is your seventh pick. Yes. Wow. No, no, this was, no, this was one of your five original. Okay. Yes. yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was like, I'm getting credit. Yes. Seven. It is. All in. <laughs> I got to tell you, I actually, now that I think about it, what is the Patriots main problem on D It's speed. They're a slow defense. I think that's a big problem with Lamar Jackson. And 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 let's give Harbaugh credit. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the family. He smells. But the fact, oh, by the way, Michigan. Oh my, that guy should give some money back. Is mm. what I think. But anyway, I actually like this. But Harbaugh's had Belichick. At least Belichick hasn't had Harbaugh's number as much as you might think. They went up there what twice and beat him in the playoffs. Yeah, and now Belichick only has six days to prepare for that that offense too. Yeah, but remember they played him the the first uh, they played him last year. That was one of the first big win for the Baltimore when they went on that streak. Remember, oh, it was yeah, like yeah. week eight or nine. What you got, Manny? 
You know what I think is really interesting, and I, I, try, I was trying to figure out why the Patriots. Kyler Murray's rushing so numbers. Bad. Kyler Murray's <laughs> rushing. I think uh, we're gonna put that little conspiracy to bed. He's rushing the same amount right, as he always does. It. He broke one. Uh, you know, is, is their number one in the league? Their defense in turn uh, in terms of opponents' passes per game. Opponents only throw the ball twenty six point four times per game against the Patriots. Hmm. And so I always thought, well, that has to be because their secondary is their strength, right? I mean, you have all Stephen Gilmore and uh, all these great guys in the secondary. Although the secondary this year, when people do pass against them, has been terrible. They're number 32 in the NFL in opponents' yards per pass, allowing 8.4 yards per pass this season. I think teams are, and we saw the Jets take advantage of it on Monday night that are starting to figure out, hey, you know what? When we throw the ball against New England, it works out. So now you can't stop the run. You're slow. You don't have any size on the D line, and your secondary is giving up the most yards per pass in the league. Ooh, boy, hard to back the Patriots right now. I know, I know. I don't like to bet against Belichick. Mackenzie, do me a favor. Um, get the DVOA for the game for the Jets and and how it compares to their their their, their best game otherwise. Gotcha. Against New England. I mean, I don't. We've said this a few times. The Bills allowed the Jets to cover. They didn't score one touchdown. They kicked eight field goals. They missed two of them. Eight field goals? What is this, Otto Graham? <laughs> and if they had made one more field goal, seven of eight, or if they had one touchdown instead of a field goal, they would have won or covered. Mm -hmm. And then you got the Patriots having to have a miracle comeback to win the game and not even come close to covering. Yeah, the Jets, I saw the money line on live wagering. Jets were like minus 325 late in that game. You know, we can, what, what's our accumulate? Oh, I can just pull it out. You, you don't need a, anecdotal evidence, Steve Fezzik. I don't know. that is that anecdotal? Yeah, you're saying you saw one time. Well, I, I saw an That's actual an number. It's an, yeah, an anecdote. Is, is, is it's one time. Oh. It's got an empirical element. Let me look that up. All right, I'm gone. Oh, I'm sure you're right. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm, what are you looking up to say? If antidote, can there be any facts in an antidote? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because if I say I was in uh, Chicago, that's a fact. If I was telling a story about Chicago. All right. So anyway, let's look at the Jets as Steve's lip reading. What, what do you think, Steve? It actually says an, an, an account that is based on hearsay or not. Um... Account based on hearsay or what? Well, first of all, what do, you, what do you think the definition of hearsay is? It's regarded as unreliable or hearsay. Well, here's the thing. Hearsay is saying, I don't have any proof of what you saw. How do we know you're telling us the truth? Right? That's what hearsay is. It's someone saying, I got a story for you. But I don't think you dis disputed the number I put in. I, I have no idea. I know you. I mean, you're on it today, but I, you've made mistakes. <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, but again, not as many as most. Jets get 52% of a win off that game. Mm. Pretty impressive. I should patent this. <laughs> no, it's actually, we're very grateful for the info because, you know, mo you know, there is a great community. I don't know, Matt, if you've, I've just been digging in the last year or so, but like the analytics community in the NFL, I mean, you know, there's the snide people and all that, but... In general, they try to have everyone. There's a sense of community with it. I agree. Which I, you know, to me, I'm a fan of that. All right, two games left. So, yeah, yeah. 
I'm not even sure how to make the case for the Patriots here. Like, what's been their best game? Let's think about this a second. They played decent against the Bills. I mean, it covered. Played decent at Seattle. But that's been a while. Since COVID, hmm. what's been their good games? I mean, they played better than expected against Kansas City, but they weren't even in it, really. I mean, I guess they were. But Horrible against Denver. Horrible against San Francisco. And, and look at how the, re- the wheels have come off for the, for the 49ers in their other games. I know. I mean, I'm saying this This. This could be like the 27th. Where do you got the Patriots? Second. 23rd. And if it weren't the Patriots, you'd have them like, you know, come on. Yeah, they, if, if they'd be like 27th. Yes. I mean, isn't San Fran better than the Patriots right now? You know, San Fran's such a strange animal. I don't know if I'm wrong. I just have no confidence in my San Francisco power rating. So New England got a 31% win share against Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, I guess Cam fumbled, right? Or they probably would. I mean. Yeah, they were down three in, in the, like at the Buffalo 30 with about under a minute to play. So likely they should have kicked a field goal headed to overtime. Well, you think, McKenzie, pretty good idea here, huh? I think it's excellent. Because if you look at that game, yeah, they were favored to win right when Cam fumbled. But you take a weighted average of the fourth quarter, 33%, I think is about right. I think if you studied that game, that's where you would have landed on. Do you think Matt owes an apology for the way he was kind of scoffing at it? <laughs> uh, no, Mr. Holt does what he wants. I got, oh, I got, damn. I got no he's like, Mr. He's like Mr. McMahon or something in <laughs> WWE. All right, two games left. The Dolphins. No one's afraid of this team. Against the Chargers, Dolphins are home favored by two, saying these are even teams. Matty Holt got a pick. Yeah, I like the Miami Dolphins here. I mean, this is a team that's won four straight. And, and a lot of people, uh, yeah, I wasn't necessarily one of them, were heavy on the Dolphins this year, saying that this could be the year. I thought that they were a bit young. Peter King. Um, but and They win the division. Yeah, and look, this team's really playing well now. And, and, and Tua, even if he isn't playing up to his peak yet, he's starting to get a feel of the offense better. I think he's settling in. Their wide receivers are healthy. And on the other side of it, the Chargers are a team with Anthony Lynn that if we expect this to be a close game, I I just have no confidence in his ability to do the right things in the fourth quarter. It's sort of like the situation with the Detroit Lions right now. And because of that, I think Miami, you know, there's a tendency to want to bet them off the big win on the road at Arizona. I actually think L.A. coming all the way across the country here, that this is a good spot for Miami. And I'll go ahead and lay the short number. Isaac over the top. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers here against you. Miami is over. By the way, we got a pick from Dave Asler on the Miami Dolphins. <sighs> no, you tell me. Miami is overrated. So here's a team that was 3-3. Three and three. Fitzpatrick, I love Fitzpatrick. So I have him as my number 14 quarterback. Now, Tua takes over. He went to Harvard. Smart guy. Great beard. And... I've upgraded to it, but it's still a one point downgrade versus Fitzpatrick. And I don't, I think it's a leap of faith to say that Tua is an above average quarterback right now. Miami, they were three and three. They won two games. That's great. We had to question your Fitzpatrick number, though, but go ahead. They played, uh, um, I know you don't question it (laughs) because it's my number. Yeah. That win against the Rams, we spoke about it a dozen times. Miami got destroyed statistically in that game, and they got every break. So, yes, all they had to do was hand the ball off in the second half because they had to lead. Then the win against Arizona, Miami did lose the stats in that game. They were fortunate to come out with the W. And further, Miami's not healthy. No one's talking about this. Matty Holt, 
their number two wide receiver is not healthy. Preston Williams is out. So they just lost one of their weapons. And Miami's number one running back, Gaskin. Had you ever heard of Preston Williams before yeah, last yeah, night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and look at their running backs. <laughs> They're really hurting at running back. Gaskin is out. Their number two running back, Brita, has a hamstring. I don't know if he's going to play. The number three running back has like 40 yards for the year. So Miami has these injuries that are clearly should impact Tua. I, I don't get this love for Miami. I like the Chargers. Don't we agree that the worst injuries – you know, the center, Ryan Groy, their tackle, Trey Pipkins, their defensive end, Joey Bosa, that the their running back, Justin Jackson, that probably the Chargers have the worst of the injury situation here, and the worst injury of all, their head coach, Anthony Lynn. <laughs> I don't think Anthony what? Lynn's injured. As a child, he had to have a head injury. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> you bring up a great point, but the Chargers have been injured all year long, and Miami just, these guys just got injured. So first off, Edge, you're wrong about Miami, meaning Miami's a really good defense. I mean, really good. If you look at expected points added, and I ha this was last week's numbers. They didn't do great on D last week. I like D under, so I was wrong. Is it was literally like, so it's 0 0.2 points is like awesome per play. Like that's as good as anyone gets on offense or defense. Miami's been at 0.2 on D the last three weeks, not counting last week. So, okay, that's a small, but again, trend line. And the best other team was like at 1.1. They literally were double as good on than anyone else. And again, it could have been the competition, whatever, but this, I mean, they were number one in scoring defense before last week. And their shutdown corner came back. So that was, and that really was the important. three game. That was yes. the sync up we were talking about. So to me, I think that everyone's talking about how good, uh, the coaches, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to even win the division, but like, I, this is not a fugazi. There's a, there's a s statistical reason to like Miami. Yeah, not in this game. Their defense. I agree. Their defense is underrated. Well, you keep saying, I don't get this Miami love. I don't get it. All right, I get it because I understand, I understand it because, right. because of the score. So I, I've corrected that problem. Yes. Now here's your misunderstanding about Tua. And this is interesting. <clears throat> In the first week, his expected points added were minus 10.7. That is very bad. I mean, it's hard to explain it. Second week, it was plus 16.5, which is pretty damn good. Okay. But not great. All right. Success rate. So this is just a matter of do you get, I think it's four yards in first or four and a half, and then you've got to get the first out on third, that kind of thing. And first week, 42%. Second week, 57. And 50 is supposed to be, they, they create it so it's 50% is the mean. Okay. So, you know, just real, you know, just about as good last week as he was bad the week before. Now, my handicap coming into the game last week was the 2 0 just was bad. So they ran the ball more to protect him because it was a very conservative game plan because of the turnovers, as you talked about ad nauseum. And, and, and this is fascinating. Downs. First down and second down. In the first game, they passed the ball 42% of the time, Miami. That would be the lowest in the NFL if it was throughout the year. 42% on first and second down would be the lowest, number 32. So they passed as little as any team in the NFL to protect, I thought, to protect Tua. Now, in game two, they passed the ball 63% of the time on first and second down. So from 42 to 63... And by the way, extended for the year, that would have been number one. So Miami 
in the week before would have been the least pass inclined team on first and second down to the most pass inclined. Okay, so what does that tell us? I believe it turns out that Tua might have been ready to throw more in game one, but Miami didn't need to throw because they had so much of a lead, so they avoided the risk that could have lost them the game. And when given the chance in the second game, Tua threw the ball great. Did he get better in between games in those seven days? No, but he was given the chance at more passes because the risk was worth taking in that game and Tua delivered. I thought he didn't throw because they were so worried about him. They were protecting him. I think the numbers show us there was no reason. And why not hold back? Make it look like, you know, because it probably surprised Arizona that he threw so much. Yeah, there's no no doubt that probably Arizona said, well, let's stop the run. And Flory's outcoached Kingsbury, you know, with, you know, passing the ball then. Yeah. This, to me, that whole, my assumption coming in was he wasn't good enough to throw. And, he was. And so now we got to reevaluate the whole thing now. It's a good point. And my assumption was he's not fast enough to run. And I got to tell he looked you, athletic. I got to tell you, he uh, he made some moves in that game that everyone was saying, oh, you know, he's not going to be able to out- outrun guys in the in, a, in the NFL. And that's exactly what he did. He did outrun defenders in this game. Yeah. The last thing I'll say is the in Dave Astor's picks coming up is. The reason he got hurt, they said, every time in Alabama was he thought he was a little more athletic than he is. And it's just that one guy gets him from behind and, you know, the hip or, what you know, Bo Jackson, remember, that's how he hurt himself. So I don't know. I'm just saying that I don't I, – in a way, him being athletic enough to do what he did might be a problem because he'll start to think he should do more of it. All right, let's listen to Asler. Here he is, Uncle Dave. I love it. I bet Miami minus two and a half over the Chargers – you know, let's look at what's not factored into this number. And it's not just a West Coast team on the East Coast, because that surely is. It's the sum of the travel for the Chargers. They started in October, two games in a row on the East Coast, went home, back out to Denver, lose late again to Vegas last week, now back to South Florida. I think the Chargers will log the second most travel miles this season, and they still have a trip to Buffalo in two weeks. And I think it just has to wear on a team, especially when they're losing. Now they face a Miami defense that is second in points per play, fourth in third down conversions, fifth in pass completions, third in takeaways. Miami doesn't have a bad loss. Chargers have plenty. Uh, DVOA special teams, Miami is second. I expect that from Flores. DVOA special teams, Chargers are last, and it's not close. I think Tua made huge strides in Arizona. He put the ball up 28 times, didn't turn it over, completed passes to seven different receivers, and in spite of losing the stat battle, Miami found a way to win in Arizona. In spite of winning the stat battle against Las Vegas, the Chargers found a way to lose again. And I think that will happen in Miami, where it's going to be in the mid-80s, very humid. Miami has the better coach. I trust Tua. Miami has the better defense. What more do I need to do to take the Dolphins minus two and a half? Uncle Dave, listen, Chargers, a lot of travel miles, Fez. You haven't been talking about this. It wears on a losing team. And... Special teams, Miami number two. See, this is like a little junior Belichick here. I don't know, Fez. I kind of like, I don't know enough. Are you worried about these injuries, Matt? Because I might jump on Fez. I might go. You're not worried. All right. I think Gaskin's like the entire rush attack. So why are you trying to talk? Why are you trying to talk? That's the the (laughs) short thing. When he's trying to talk you out of, all right, three, me and Maddie, baby. All right. You know, this is interesting on the special teams. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because, because in the Raider game, 
the reason the Chargers lost that game at the end is they dropped the punt. The head injury. They dropped the punt with eight minutes to play. Um, and that's what gave the Raiders a five point lead because of a special team. Well, number 32 is not that bad. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's college. All right. Last game, Monday night football. Now we had, a, this is interesting. Fez, I want you to, and Maddie can do the same. Give me your six, seven best teams in the NFC. And how's that go with who could make the playoffs? Cause I think we're going to be surprised. All right. So new Orleans, one <laughs> green Bay, two. New Orleans, by the way, New Orleans was uh, was number five last yeah. week for you. And they jumped to one off of one game. Go ahead. Tampa three, Rams four, Seattle five, Arizona six, Vikings seven. All right. So Vikings could make the playoffs, but what is it? Chicago's in the mix? Well, I guess Philly. The, or, or the, the, NFC. the NFC East is in yeah. the mix is the problem. So basically only six of these seven can make it because of it. So where do you have the Vikings at? Vikings are number seven. Yes. And the entire power rankings. I should number have 12. Wow. Wow. 12. Who's like 13? They'd, Tennessee. They'd be favorite over Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm about confident that. they would be. The market, well, listen, I'll tell you this, this line, I mean, the Bears are at home and they're getting two and a half. So, I mean, Minnesota's getting a ton of credit here. Yeah, that's right. All right, Faz, what, why, why not play anyone here? Because I want to play the Bears. The, but you don't want to play the Bears. But then I saw the Bears. <laughs> Let me do this for you because you did this bad. Hmm. Is the, the thing about Tennessee's third down defense it wasn't the worst this year. It was the worst in the history of the NFL. The third down defense of Tennessee entering the Chicago game was the worst. They convert, allowed a conversion of more third downs than any team in the history of the NFL. And then the Bears against that did what? Two for 15. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, that's, that's, it's like playing in basketball. It's like playing the worst defense out there and shooting two for 15. I mean, it's like, it, it, it's almost not even possible. No, I agree. And I think when you see two horrible units go, if one dominates, you really know how bad that other unit is. Exactly. And now the Bears, the running back, David Montgomery, has a concussion. They can't run anyway. They can't run anyways. So I don't want any part of these Bears. And doesn't this, in a way, indict Tampa Bay a little bit more? Mm, because the Bears' one real quality win is against What's Tampa, Tampa Bay's best win other, other than that Green Bay debacle? And listen, I was all in on Tampa. The stats have been great. The stats are amazing. I mean, you know, some places had literally before last week them with the best offense and the best defense. Like, you never see that. But I don't know. What do you think of this game? I thought Maddie? Tampa ranked is the best in both. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, which one would you question? The D, I think, is more clearly like legit. Yeah, yeah. The D, I could have seen that, and I think it's. I think they're still a top five D. I just don't think the offense is. The crushing win against Vegas, but Vegas, I re- I recall had serious injury problems before that game. Yeah, the problem for me here is that the weather. I mean, that's a cold. This is going to be a cold. That was weather. a big COVID. Remember, that was huge. Yeah. COVID. Go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, the problem for me in this game Monday night is the weather, along with the fact that the Bears already can't run the football, and now Montgomery's hurt, and they just don't have any backs behind them. And um, and they, again, we talk about being you know kind of knowing what's coming, being able to stop it. That's kind of the case with the Bears offense right now. But this team is gritty. So that's another one of the reasons 
that I don't want to play against them is I think in what four of their five wins, they were losing. They had to come from behind by at least a touchdown or more in four of their five wins. So that's a gritty team. Yeah. So the bears, let's look at their fractional wins. I think we talked about them. They were on the extreme. They've actually won two full games more than they should have. In fact, no team, they're number one for uh, undeserved wins. So that's interesting, Matt. That is gritty effectively. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Is it repeatable? That's a question. And, and part of it, like looking back, and wasn't it the D- Detroit-Chicago game that Swift dropped the touchdown pass? We that's- don't care about that stuff. I don't want to hear about draw. I mean, at some point, you got to stop making, you know, like, I don't, I, I mean, don't you realize that if you did that, for, if you had a photographic memory and you saw every game, I could accept it. But don't isn't that the definition of again anecdotal data mining? Yeah, I mean it's a I I saw this one thing, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, last couple of things here. Well, one Cousins has done horribly in Chicago. The last two games, hmm. the one was a sixteen-six, the most recent one, and literally they scored like with ninety seconds left. And this feels like Monday night they get up. Right, but I mean, they've been in the playoff hunt. You, you know, it's not like the Bears have been flat. At this point, Mitch Trubisky, what do you, what do you make that if he came in, what would be the downgrade, if anything? Well, he's hurt this week, I think, so he can't. He? It's a one-point downgrade to go Trubisky. Isn't he hurt this right week now. and out? Is he hurt? He's still banged up. I don't, I don't know if he could play if Foles got hurt. Uh, shoulder injury still, right? I'm yeah. not even sure that he's going to be the backup this Maybe week. you should throw right. He's, um, yeah, that's what he said. What? Yeah, yeah. so they're ta- now they're, they're talking about taking play or at least having Nagy not call the plays. That, to me, feels like a negative. Like if someone does something, meaning if he hands it over and it's not a bye week or something, I don't know. Well, there was that issue, right, where Foles was critical of Boy, Nagy, they're sending in plays that I know aren't going to work, so I got to change them. Oh, jeez. We got to do it. There's got to be some in-depth study of how Foles won that Super Bowl. It was one of the five <laughs> best performances ever. All right, guys, any closing? Th- oh, real quick, because, I mean, we've made this short. Mackenzie, real quick. Okay, we got the – I've got the look-aheads. These are available right now. First game, Arizona at Seattle. Fez, what do you got? Seattle minus three, lay a dollar twenty-five. Matty? I saw the first two. All right. So I saw the Thursday night in the uh, uh, Browns game. So this one is five and a half. Really? Hmm. What do you like there, Matt? Uh, again, we talked about Seattle, that being their biggest game next week. And, you know, Fez thinks it's this week against Buffalo. I think it's next <laughs> week against Seattle on a Thursday, which makes it worse for the look. Yeah, ahead. I didn't price in the Thursday. That's a good point. Okay. Next game, we got Atlanta at New Orleans. New Orleans minus 6.7. Six and a half, six and a half. Matty. Oh, they're nine this week. And we just talked about the Falcons being there. Yeah, I say six and a half seems right. Seven. So nothing there. Uh... Baltimore against Tennessee. Is it a juice seven? They don't really juice. Yeah. Baltimore at Tennessee. Um, No, it's Baltimore at home against Tennessee. Get there. Let me start one. Seven. Uh, Six and a half. What, really? That's a little cheap, huh? Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That does feel a little cheap. Boy, that that's actually interesting. And it's Baltimore well, at home, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I got that right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wasn't that the revenge game? What do you mean? From the yeah. playoffs, yeah. 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 Or you could say it's the matchup that the yeah, yeah, Baltimore struggles with. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's actually right. They've struggled with that one. Okay, next game. Let's think how I want to do this. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna do it this way. Dallas at Minnesota. Figure Dalton's probably gonna be back. Minnesota minus eight. Is are we Do they have a number up? Mm-hmm. Wow, so I, I guess that number to Fez's point assumes it's so Steelers were fourteen and a half. I'll say This is at Minnesota. Minnesota nine and a half. They're nine and a half. Mm. Houston. I, I mean Pittsburgh was fourteen and a half. Houston at home against New England. Oh my. Houston minus two point seven five. Houston minus, oh, man, one and a half? Three. Mm. Houston's a better team than New England. Wowza. Okay. Jacksonville at home against Pittsburgh. Oh, my goodness. Pittsburgh, seven and a half. No, no. Twelve. Nine and a half. Hmm. Wow, and it's it's been bet down. It opened at ten. Kansas wow. City at the Raiders. Steve hmm. six, six and three quarters, seven. You guys are good. Chargers hosting the Jets. I'm surprised it's a full seven. They're in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Well, Chargers twelve. Chargers say 12. Matty, is the Chargers home against the Jets? Right. Yeah, I was thinking about that. So Jets were Chargers home. Uh, yeah, I'll go Chargers 10 and a half. 10. Hmm. Okay. We got. Uh, huh? Mm-hmm. We got Philly at Cleveland. Cleveland minus 3.3. Cleveland two and a half. Cleveland two. For real. I like this. I think we play Cleveland. Think about this now. Are we saying that these are even teams? Because this line is saying they're even teams, right? Yeah. Or this, yeah, and Cleveland's we, significantly better. We got to add in now that Philly, all those questionables, if they don't play this week, they probably play next yes. week. Yes, that's, that's true. That's true. Right? So does that? how much does that change it? Mm. But you said two and a half. So you, you're not. Yeah, you wouldn't even have had a bet. Yeah. All right. So you're saying the Brown. So you're saying the Texans and Philly's about the same to you because you like the Brown. In fact, you're saying Philly's better than the Texans. I just don't know. I, I my gut feeling was if I lose that that bet, or even if I don't, I, I don't have to. The Philly to, doesn't have to lose the game for me to win. This feels trappy to me, it Fez. Does feel a little 
Yeah. It's just because, like, you're going to jump at it, but then these injuries, all of a sudden, if they got everyone back. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, and obviously, something in the market doesn't agree with us because we're all, like, the same thing this week. Fez and I were both like, wow, Cleveland, too good to be true at that number. So it's not surprising that when we both loved it this week, we're both going to And love I, it. I loved Cleveland against the Raiders. And the I did, too. Well, them. I did more than you. And I'll tell you this, that win really has people sour on Cleveland. Yeah. Or that yeah. loss, that yeah. Raiders sure. win. So last game here, this is a good one. Tampa at home against, oh, it's off the board. But it, uh, just I, for curiosity, it opened up. Now it's off the board. Tampa against the uh, Rams. And it's at Tampa. Tampa, three. Tampa two and a half. Three. Well, mm-hmm. you just love the Rams. I love you? the Rams. All right, boys. It was a nice brisk show. Talk to you next week.